Hey, what's up, you sexy bitches, and welcome back to this week's Weekly D. And today I have one of my good friends on, Shan. Shan is also known as McShannington Ratchet on Instagram. And Shan has actually been one of my students and has since left me. It makes me so sad. She lives in London now, and we talk about the London pole scene. We talk about what it's like being a black pole dancer within the black pole community, within the pole community, and also within the competition scene, which was something I was really intrigued to listen to. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Without further ado, this is the Weekly D, because honey, if you ain't getting your D on the daily, you better at least begin at once on the weekly. If you're not getting any, if you want some tea, then come and join Dan up on the Weekly D. Hey Shan, welcome to the Weekly D. I'm so happy to have you on. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. For anyone who has never um, heard of Shan before, I want you to give us a rundown. Who is McShannington Ratchet? Who is she? <laughs> who is that bitch? Tell them all. Um, well, I am Shan. Uh, I'm a polar. Uh, I'm a instructor uh, I judge comps now I used to compete and I guess uh, oh yeah and also I'm a twerk instructor can't forget that because yeah. I've got a huge ass so that helps <laughs> yeah but that's not why you're a twerk instructor you're a twerk no. instructor because you're good at twerk not just because you've got a huge butt <laughs> in fact when we talk about the twerk subjects in a minute, I want to go over that actually because I know that's like a misconstrued thing where people think if you've got oh. a big butt, you can twerk, right? So we could we could talk about that. But yeah, I, um, I mean, eye. that was a good attempt. I feel like you didn't really do yourself enough justice here, but I think <laughs> you should have bigged yourself up a little bit more than that. Um, and also so for humble. anyone listening, Shan um, actually used to be one of my students, she used to come to me quite a lot, still does every now and then. Um, but she lives far, far away in London land with all the London polars. Actually, I want to talk to you about this. Have you ever noticed that in the UK, don't you find it's like London and the rest of the UK? Have you ever noticed that? It's like London have got their own pole scene. What is that about? I've, I feel like within London, everyone has their pole scene because you have like North London, you have, um, where is it, Ultimate Pole and like Camden Lot. And then you have South London, you have like Pole Fit, you have Warehouse, you have like various other studios. And then you have like East and West, which I tend to not go to East and West just because I just have no need to go there. Um, is it just because it's too much of a ball ache to get to or is it because you don't like the areas? It's not necessarily the areas. It's more that to get from one end of London to the other, you're talking about an hour. So if I wanted to go to the ultimate pole, like realistically, if I was to get there by train, it would take me about 45 minutes to an hour. Do you know what, so uh, sorry, I, I'm laughing because I've got this thing. I always make jokes about it. I'm like, Londoners will travel for 20 minutes and they'll tell you it was the longest journey of their life. They're like, oh my God, this studio, this studio is so far away. It took me 20 minutes to get here. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I, where I live, it takes me 30 minutes to get to like the local gym. It's terrible. I'm literally so far from everything. So whenever I meet people from London, they're like, Oh, they're like, oh, where's your studio? I'm like, oh, it's in Hemel Hempstead. I'm like, so you can get out of London and to Hemel. They're like, oh, I just looked it up. It's like an hour away. I'm like, 
is that bad? They're like, yeah, that's too far. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just, um, I feel like London has like this little bubble where you guys are all sort of intertwined. Do you, do you find that causes any kind of like, not, oh, how do I, like segregation? Do you have like groups? Um, I don't think so. Like, personally, I don't, I've never seen it. So I've, anytime if I go to Polfit or if I go to like another studio, there's also Polfit Sutton, which is not too far from Warehouse. And James, Yoga James, he, he teaches there. So if I ever wanted to, say, go over there on a Monday, then it wouldn't be like a huge, big, oh my God, why, why are you going there type thing. I think that's a lot, something mm-hmm. that's kind of, been and gone now because i know i know that used to be a thing but it's not a thing i don't think since covid happened or maybe i'm just out the loop and i just don't know yeah i mean i as well and another thing that i've noticed with london and it's just i always say this and like it's so funny it's always london like there's a lot of studio drama and rivalries and stuff i mean um it's obviously of no surprise to anyone um because i was like the last person to know anything about it but the whole like drama around ultimate pole and stuff like this there's been so many dramas there i'm like oh my god and i've missed out on all of it but when i speak to london people i'm like oh my god this is this is crazy i'm so glad i don't live in london (laughs) sometimes being on the outskirts helps you because i'm technically like closer to kent than i am like in london london so I'm just like, okay, I don't need to be a part of that. So I'm just going to be on my merry way and just go to my studio and do my training. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, that's the best way to be. Obviously, try and steer clear of the drama, hey? But um, I've noticed over the years that the London scene has very much gone into the heels side of pole. I don't know if you if you would have noticed that as much, but I've noticed that the names that I all know from London tend to be names that all do heels. Why do you think that is? What do you think's going, what are the Londoners doing? Why are they getting filthy in London? Is, <laughs> is there something in the water there? What's going on? I think, to be honest, I don't even think that's just a London thing. I think it was probably started in London, but it's like gradually kind of spread out everywhere. It's now a case of, I don't know anyone who doesn't do heels or at least dabble in heels which I quite I find quite nice because you went from such a heavily focused, um, like trips heavy, everyone trying to do a fongee, everyone trying to do uh, the works and be bendy and stuff. And now everyone's kind of not necessarily straying from it, but just trying to make it more flowy with heels, kind of. I, I just have this theory that I think the reason that is, is because a lot of people have realized that actually they started pole dancing for the Mm -hmm. dancing. And Mm -hmm. now they're like, actually, the dancing bit is really fun. I'm going to go back to that bit because that's Mm -hmm. kind of why I started. I didn't start pole dancing to do fungi. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I didn't start pole dancing to do fungi. I do like tricks. Obviously, it's what I'm mainly known for. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Why do you think... Uh, why do you think we're having this transition all of a sudden where everyone owns a pair of pleasers now? I remember a time where hardly anyone owned pleasers. I know. I remember I bought my first pair of pleasers, I think, 2015. So this is showing uh, my age. <laughs> when, 
when it you know was, what? I look at that um you know that video I sent you of you me and then a load of other students years ago oh god it makes me feel sick I'm wearing like sandals and sandals do not look good on me anyway and I'm like I've got my fucking man feet my toes are like they're about to jump off a fucking cliff I'm like oh this is disgusting and I'm literally watching us and we're both like on the flats of our feet we're not using any point work at all like oh god this is we're like, no we were at the cutting edge yeah. of, of something special without any kind That's... of ankle engagement whatsoever oh my god oh my god no way like seriously i mean I, I struggle to engage my ankles now and i've been doing it for ages and i find it like such a hard technique to grasp really i do and actually so much harder in um sandals what do you mm. prefer to dance in sandals or boots i think I go between the two. So if I want to do more kind of tricks and more like kind of thread throughs, then I prefer a boot. But if I'm doing like floppy ankles or really kind of glide work, then I'm definitely more of a sandals type type gal. Yeah, I mean, like kips and stuff, like doing them in <laughs> sandals. Oh, I mean, just like that sucks, doesn't it? Do you, um, if you had to choose one, which one would you choose? Oh, I think I choose sandals simply for the fact that I know my ankle engagement will forever be there. Yeah. Because it's hard. Once you lose it, it's so hard to get back. I went sandals the almost the entire year last year. And then I kind of slipped off for a month, went back to boots, came back like a month later. Ankle engagement was gone. It was out. It was yeah. out. Well, you've got the ankle engagement supporter, I think. I think for people who have the ankle engagement supporter, it's kind of like fine because, <laughs> but it's, it did it take you long to get the ankle engagement? Because I, I found mm. for me, like even in boots, like in boots, obviously protect your ankles a lot. I have mm. to say like my best fails I get on polos though, they're always in sandals. <laughs> sandals always provide the goods for the heels fails i have to say but um yeah i mean what about you like how long did it take you to build that kind of angle conditioning up i think it just depends on how often you do it so like i tend to do it as part of my warm-up so anytime i'm in heels do my ankle um conditioning make sure mm. they're nice and warm before i even touch a pole sometimes i won't even bother with like my general shoulders and stuff. I know this is bad coming from an instructor, but when I train for myself and I don't it's have the time, truth. it's the truth. And we don't have time. Let's not lie. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do, it's pretty much all ankles, making sure they're as warm as they can be because I want to be pretty much on point whenever I can. Um, so yeah, if, if I'm doing heels, ankles are, are a must and rest. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you made a transition. I mean, I, I wrote this in the um, in our chat as a joke. I put, oh, you went from trickery to sluttery. <laughs> but you did kind of, there was a time back in the day where you were very much a trickster. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I feel like I've seen this in a lot of people. I mean, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but like people like... Um, Emma Coffey, I remember used to do quite a lot of tricks, mm -hmm. actually. She used to do a lot of the same competitions as me. Mm -hmm. uh, Kirsty Griffith, same thing. Um, and they've transitioned very much into the heels world. Mm -hmm. well, why do you think that is? And like, why, what was the reason for you? 
Um, I think it's not necessarily that for me. I don't think it was anything to do with having tricks as a thing. I just had a core set of tricks that I liked and then kind of evolved them from from where mm-hmm. they are. So like everyone knows who knows me or follows me, I love a short amount. Like I, I could do it in my sleep if I wanted to. Do you? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> when you when I knew you were coming to my class, I was like, right, we'll have to do a short round <laughs> trick today because otherwise she'll leave feeling really pissed off. <laughs> I can't do the rest of it. Just give me a shoulder round, I'll be fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just I find that having even though I feel like I do the same five tricks. I want to elevate the same five tricks. So the next time you may see me do a shoulder mount, you might see me doing a different entry, different exit, doing a variation or, or doing just something to make it feel a bit more me. And I think that one thing that helped me was hips. I found out that I have kind of very mobile hips, which I didn't mm. actually realize. Um, so I worked that to my advantage with undulations and like isolations of like my body. And I already have a, we'll call it a bendy back without kind of trying so hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of just work things to your advantage. And I think that can only happen when you're say maybe four years plus in, in pole you kind of mm-hmm. trial things out, see what works. If it doesn't work, Thing it to the side if it does work elevate it to the urine and then that's how you you get through yeah for sure and i think that you mentioned about obviously you have those core tricks that you that are like your go-to mm-hmm. tricks what's your advice actually for students who might be listening to that and think oh actually she's kind of right mm-hmm. i never really perfect trick i kind of just get a video of it and then i move on to the next trick i mean is that do you do you advise that to your students to be like listen don't rush like try and stick on a trick and make it look good before you just move on to the next best thing see uh, this is always hard i i will always say get the basics right so it doesn't necessarily matter if it's like a butterfly or anything like that is your like if you don't want to invert then is your drop down into a outside leg hang like, as clean as you can make it if is your spins like as clean as you can make it then that's mm. kind of like the way forward i don't tend to to alter people's mindsets too much simply because it's how it's how they want to be and i want them yeah. to have like the best experience kind of possible and Everyone who takes my class knows that I'm a bloody idiot and I'm just sat there just raving out to my music whilst they're all doing the stuff, making sure obviously no one gets hurt. If they're doing something spin-wise, I can just roll around and be like, yeah, go, go, be fun. Um, so, yeah. Also, you actually have to tell me if I go on a, on a rant because I tell uh, novels, not books. No, don't worry. Like, speak as much as you want. It's a podcast. We're here to speak. Speak as much as you want. How um, we talk about like perfecting moves and the time that comes with doing things like that. And time is such a precious thing when it comes to training pole because there's so many elements to it. But you have a full time job as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I am an administrator from Monday to Friday, um, and I teach once a week. Um, 
So for me... And then you have to train on top of yeah, that as well. So How do you manage that? Yeah, last year I didn't. Not going to lie to anyone. It was, it was a lot of work. So normally, pretty much most of last year was Monday 9 to 5, Monday to Friday 9 to 5, Tuesday teach, Saturday, Sunday, either I'm teaching or I'm judging somewhere. That was pretty much most of 2022. And not going to lie, I burnt myself out pretty hard um, to the point now. What did that look like? How, what happened there? Um, it was just it was just like you were running on empty. So even though like I had my nine to five and like I'm mm-hmm. just sat in front of a p- computer, but my day job is actually pretty stressful because I have a, a lot of um, work that comes my way and then I have to deal with it, I have to deal with clients, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then to then have to use my body to, even though my body's okay, but my mind is just like, okay, I'm tired. Like, I want to sleep. Whereas I think to myself, okay, it's Tuesday, it's five o'clock, I need to get out of the flat to go and go and teach. And then it comes to Friday when you're just like, oh, I want to relax after a long week. And you're thinking to yourself, crap, i got to be in Liverpool for this. i got to be in Hereford next week for this. Like, and... It's, it is a lot, and I don't think a lot of professionals now. I think the only two people I know who do full-time jobs as well as teach is Lauren King and uh, Jessica Debank because I spoke to her about this as well, because she still has, I t- talked to her, I said, do you have a model job? And she was just like, yeah. And I was just like, how are you doing this? Because she's more places than I am. So I'm like, how yeah. are you? How are you coping? And she's just like, yeah, she's she, we move. I find it funny <laughs> as well how people don't really realise that you've got a full time job. You teach, you train, you sometimes enter competitions. You've also let's just mention that you've got a partner as well <laughs> who does actually like to see you at some he point. He didn't see me last you know, year. These are so many. <laughs> that's what I mean. And it's like it's that whole thing of like, how are we? expecting people to be so great when we've also got to make a living we've also got to you know and especially as well the professional pollers mm-hmm. like who don't have full-time mm-hmm. jobs you know people are like oh you're always working so well yeah I've got to pay my bills but I've also got to try and work as well like I've got to um compete and do all these other crazy mm-hmm. things it is really unmanageable I think and for many people they struggle with mm-hmm. it I mean what what are you looking to do in 2023 that's gonna try and relieve that have you made any changes to try and get it a little bit better um well this year I've actually kind of decided to take a step back from outside studio work so to speak so like not really promoting myself as much for workshops so I'll be doing less workshops I might even go back to competing who knows um it's mainly just focused on me and my my babies and making sure that I'm there for them and making sure I have like actual lesson plans they were actually very shocked this month to find out I have planned the whole of January so that's that's saying something. <laughs> what um, 
what what are your views on the whole competing thing now at this point like in your pole kind of career like i just feel i talk to so many people about this sorry for anyone listening to this podcast they're probably gonna be like oh my god this is like fucking very quick but <laughs> i just feel like it's really important because it's different for different people and i like to try and work out who's at what stage and who wants to compete who doesn't i don't really feel like i'm at a point where i don't really want to compete mm. as much anymore and i and I, I never say never but i did say i was gonna retire but mm. if i thought of something that i really wanted to do i would do it and i will this year once but um what's your views on it um i think competing's great if you're looking for that extra push if you want that push mm. to to kind of feel like you want to accomplish something or perform or just do something like out of your comfort zone I think that's a the great area for you to to go on um for me personally I I like judging more than I do competing simply because I have major anxiety if I if anybody's seen me before a comp it's not a it's not fun it's never fun um but I urge everyone to to do it because I always say it's four minutes or three and a half minutes of your life in in the grand scheme of how many minutes in a day if you you do it you do it if you don't you don't but I'd like to go back to competing because I was speaking with Jacob about this the last time I saw him and he said that he'd only go he'd only go back to competing if he had like a very big idea and I am wholeheartedly in that because anyone who knows me, I love to just perform and just have a theme and have the whole aspect just come together and just kind of wow people. Um, so that's mm. kind of the only reason why I think myself included now would ever go back to competing. So if I have a good enough idea for something, then I'll be like, okay, we'll put this forward, see, see whether or not people like it, see what the feedback is and we go from there. So while we're on the subject of competitions, I'm going to bring up the subject that actually was one of the things that you wanted to talk about, which was competing as a black person. Um, and I've just realised we haven't mentioned anything about race at the beginning of this. So if you're <laughs> not watching, Shan is black, just in case you need to know. Hey. Um, hey. <laughs> but to, uh, I was really intrigued when you said that because I was like, oh, I was like, okay. Obviously, not being a black person, I can't speak to what it is you're going to say so i was really intrigued to be like oh okay i wonder what shan's going to say so i'm ready and listening what what are your views on competing as a black person um so when i was i'm going to use my little walking imaginary walking stick here back in my day um there was very limited people or you saw the same people working the same amount of comps every every other comp every other year um, so one thing I will say is that, uh, representation does matter because I've had a few people pri um, coming after, a uh, pole theater, this was 2017 and they said, oh, I'm, I'm now entering my first comp because I saw you on stage and you, you kind of don't think about it that way. Cause I went into competing because I'm an Aries. I, I like to win. Like that, it's very, very much uh, a me type of thing back in, back in the day when my bones didn't feel like they're 72. Um, so yeah, it was just nice to, to, to see 
I kind of see like the next kind of generation after after me, after Lauren, after Alicia, after Serena, after these are just the UK pollers that I can name off the top of my head who who can come after us and make it make it big and make it known. So it's always nice, especially when I'm judging, to see like another black person that I've not necessarily heard of or seen before. Because it's just, it's not as if we're not there. Like I have ton, I have a load of black people who go to the studio that I'm at. It's it's not like we're not there. It's just more of a case of either we don't compete or we see a whole kind of all white lineup and you're like, oh, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't want to be known as like the token black person. So which what's is your thoughts on, um, you know, the whole discussion around where well, it depends on sort of like, cause, uh, cause I've talked about this before. I can't remember who with about mm. it depends where you live. Obviously there's a larger black population in London. And actually mm-hmm. I've noticed that there's a really big, um, population of black pole dancers in the U S cause there's quite a large population of black people there too. To obviously mm-hmm. that's a generalization. There's, there's areas which do have a larger, um, sort of communities of black polars there and um, very much like LA I'm thinking New York as well actually obviously mm-hmm. the south maybe not so much um, but yeah I know for the UK the more north you go the whiter it gets have you ever noticed that like I mean once you hit Manche- Manchester's all right I lived in Manchester yeah. for a year yeah so it's I, not bad yeah I think like Manchester again though is very metropolitan do you think like do you think yeah. it's because it's a university town as well like because these are where yeah. the big unis are so if anyone's going to come from like far away they're going to come to maybe London maybe Manchester mm-hmm. maybe Brighton maybe Leeds mm-hmm. you know what I mean I mean I don't know yeah. what that community is like in Leeds I mean do you know is there much of a big black pole community there not gonna lie, I've never been to Leeds, so no. I have. <laughs> no yeah, I've been a couple times just to teach, but I've never been. I've I've been to. I hear the jokes about it, so I've heard it's not like amazing or anything. Um, I remember asking Jacob and being like, "Why did you move to Leeds? What a random place to move to!" Yeah, yeah. it is. Of all the places you could have gone to, you go to Leeds. <laughs> like I would have thought, I'm like sorry if you were going from Poland, Poland, right? <laughs> If, if you're going for, to move from somewhere, it's not just, it's not the first place. I know it'd be like me moving to the US and just moving to like a small place in like yeah. Phoenix, Arizona or something. Do you know what I mean? Like somewhere <laughs> random rather than New York, LA, yeah. uh, Chicago, somewhere where mm-hmm. everyone knows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just so, yeah. But I want to know um, do you think pole competitions let's talk specifically about uk pole competitions do you think they're doing enough to get you know black pole dancers a space in the in the lineups oof oof um <laughs> oh i put you on the spot there bitch <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was not expecting that i was like okay I but see you can going, say maybe. no like it's not targeting anyone directly <laughs> i think it's worth saying though if you don't agree like or oh, some are some aren't what, what what do you think be honest i think some i i think you're right some are and some aren't but like i've like most of the comps that i've asked to i've i've judged that sorry are all um, I've all basically asked them, can I be on the judging panel? Whether or not the lineup was going to be as diverse with me there, I, I, I can't give a, an answer to that. But 
then again, it's so hard because I always say that there's the most amount of people in poll. Wait, hold on. Let me stop because I'm actually going on around a tangent. Let me like organize. <laughs> Um, sorry, there's like the OG kind of black polers that I know who I competed against or I saw as a competitor or or whatever they were at the time. But then you have like the new schoolers who are coming through like um, Rachel Giselle and uh, Jessica D. Bank and other people who are coming up the ranks. And I think that they should also get their spot in like the limelight too, because I think if you look hard enough, even through Instagram, even if with the algorithms and all the stuff, people share a lot of things. Like there's no reason why they they shouldn't be put on a stage. There's absolutely no reason why. I I will wholeheartedly say when I watched Rachel Giselle on stage for X Gen, I a slight tear came down my eye. And that's saying something who someone who's very dark and very cold inside. Does so, Rachel Giselle have really short hair? Yeah, she's basically like Amber Rose. I think like, I met. I think I met her, but I didn't see her routine because I was on the stool out this outside. But like, yeah, that's good to she's hear. She's incredible. But this is this is the kind of thing that I mean is just that the talent is there. Like you, you kind of don't want to have to force feed it in someone's face. You just have to know that whoever's being shared, whoever's being followed, whoever's being liked, even though like Instagram doesn't count for a lot in my eyes anymore, you could have like 16,000 followers and like your movement may just not appeal to me. But if someone's got like lesser followers, I find that their movement's just a bit more quality control and all the, all the good stuff. When I think of like the big names in the UK, I agree with you. I don't, there's not many black names on the lineup. And why do you think that is? Do do you genuinely think, and I'm I'm just intrigued to know, because I want to know what you as uh, a black polar believe, but do you think that it is that the poll community was or still is racist and that they were pushing people away? Or do you think it is just that over time more black people have been included because the community has grown <laughs> do you know what i mean like <clears throat> i don't know what the population of black people within the uk is so i can't really speak to it but mm-hmm. i know in hemel as you know a majority of my students i think i've got maybe five mm-hmm. students who are black and then i've got some that are of mixed origin mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's it's one of those things that I've I've talked to you about this before. I think actually when I first ever did some advertising, I, I think I might have even asked you if I could have used one of your pictures because I wanted to be inclusive. I wanted a picture mm-hmm. of a man on there. I wanted someone of a different body shape and different mm-hmm. everyone of different sort of origins to be on there so that it did look inclusive. And then obviously the more people I had coming, the more I could use it. I mean, what's what's your view on that? Do you do you think that the poll community, like back in the day, like we're talking, I'm talking before we were even, you know, polling. Do you oh, think yeah. they were being racist and keeping people out? I wouldn't say necessarily keeping people out, but they would just weren't doing anything. So it would always be... You weren't doing anything to encourage them in, you mean? Yeah. Mm. As in just, it was very much like 
you look on Facebook at the time, you see what was around and you go to a class and nine times out of 10, I was lucky enough to be a bit fortunate that my classes with Andrea, she that was a bit more mixed than say other classes around in and around the place. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate for that, but I know that not everyone was, but it, again, it just yeah. depends on regions more more, right. more specifically at the time regions because as people grow up you tend to move out to the countryside to live out your best retirement life etc um whereas in the cities you have a bigger diverse of uh, just just multicultural in general when you have come to south london you rarely see white people i personally find especially like around where i live um mm. but then you also have places in london that are uh white you have jewish people who live in in north london you have uh asians who live in maybe east or west but it's just a mixture of everyone and i just i just don't think the pole community unfortunately when i started wasn't a big thing and i don't think it was not necessarily racist it was just wasn't inclusive prior to Mm. when uh george floyd uh, died and the whole Black Lives Movement kind of Black Lives Matter movement kind of went and jumped off and I don't think anyone batted an eyelid prior to that whereas afterwards everyone kind of paid a bit more attention to what they were actually advertising, what they were actually doing and I mean it's made a bit of a difference it's a bit more kind of not necessarily encouraging but it is a bit more bit more colourful, we'll say that. Yeah, it definitely is. I think especially, not even just around race, around gender and around... Yeah. We've got a lot more trans polars now than we ever mm. have. Um, and it is great. I think it's, it's a really difficult one because I, I speak as a studio owner who, when I first started, I literally had to advertise with pictures of myself because I didn't have any students and then when I did have students especially being in Hemel Hempstead it was all white people so then I was advertising with pictures of white people because that's what I had it's it's the only students I had I couldn't just can you imagine if I just took a picture of a random black pole dancer I'd never known before and used their photo I couldn't do anything like that and I would never um so I feel like what's your advice for someone like me back then, I mean, I know now really what I did, um, mm. but what is your advice? Let's say, for example, someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, actually, I'd love to get more, you know, mm. people from different ethnic backgrounds into the studio. Mm. Like, what, what's what's the best way to do it without being like, hey, come to my studio if you're black. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you do it? Or like, and, and not, I'm not even just talking about race now, I'm talking mm. about you know, people of different genders, sexualities, you Mm. know, um, how do we include other people? If I'm being honest, I don't have the answer for that. It's... It's so hard, isn't it? I just have to think about it from, like, a race, or even for me, like, a body. I wouldn't say that I'm plus size or I'm fat in in any way, shape or form, but I do feel like I'm thick with six Cs, which means I've just got a big old... (laughs) big old bum and big old thighs um so I would never say that I'm you know a size two um so I always think that you it's more about being approachable because anyone can try something once and once you get there and if you feel like comfortable and surrounded by people Mm. who are like yeah you can do it you can do this you can do that 
then that's a good enough reason at least to come to another class and see how the next class goes, next class goes, next class goes. So I always say that first impressions matter. Um, especially yeah, for with, sure. I always think that um, I've got my beginners class on a, a four-week beginners class and their first perception of pole is with me. So if I'm yeah. not, say, not necessarily comfortable around myself, but if I feel any kind of way, shape or form, like a bit insecure, they will pick up on that and they'll be like, oh, oh, maybe we won't come back or maybe we won't do this or maybe we won't do that. And I think you just have to be very aware of that as, as a studio owner. So when I see all of this stuff on like polos and these questions that these instructors or studio owners ask or what's been brought up, I'm just like, how do you continue to have people come to your studio? A business. Do you know, and, and this is the thing, like, and people are like, why are you sharing this? But that's why I share it, mm -hmm. because I think it's so important, because people need to learn. And if they don't ask, they won't learn. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sad, actually. It's And we're talking about competitions, actually. And this is the Tuesday topic I got sent. And I didn't share it purely because every time I've ever shared anything about race on polos, it's never turned out very well for me. So I've just no. decided that I'm not going to do it anymore. But someone actually sent me a, a Tuesday topic saying that they'd entered a, a showcase, like a showcase, uh, not like a competition, but it was just for people in that area to perform, not a studio showcase, kind of like a competition without the competing part. And they basically said that um, they'd done it the year before and they're quite, they said they were dark skinned, which they said that because the lighting was so dark that they barely showed up. Um, and they were like, so they'd asked that if the next year they could put some more lights yeah. and they were like, well, the lighting is the lighting. And they were like, I don't feel like that's good enough. No. And I was like, well, I kind of agree. But then I also think, I also think if someone said to me, like at my, the venue that I use, I'd be a bit like, God, I don't know how, like, how do we fix that? Cause yeah, we've only got so many lights, mm -hmm. but there's always way around, isn't there? You can always get fucking more lights, mm -hmm. get some front lights on the front of the stage and just hire them. It wouldn't cost you much, but yeah. it cost you like 50, 60 pounds. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or like, I just feel like, yeah, that really shocked me, but it was one of those things again, where I think really people should know the answer to that one anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, but it makes me sad that, that studio owners that are still out there that don't think about that. Mm. And I think this is why sometimes I find it really hard to understand how anyone could feel not included because as someone who, you know, is a man in a, in a very female dominated industry, mm. um, or gay, you know, I've got Jewish family, <laughs> you know, talking about like, like being minority, <laughs> I've always been very supportive and inclusive of anyone who walks through the door mm. because I know that when I first started doing poll, mm. um, people did not want me to compete. Like one of the rules back then was that you had to wear shoes. And because obviously I didn't wear heels, mm. they were like, yeah, sorry, you have to wear shoes. So I wore shoes. I wore plimsolls. <laughs> I wore like trainers instead. <laughs> and, um, but I definitely felt excluded. I definitely felt mm. like they did not want me to do it. So I, I felt it a bit myself, mm. but as a studio owner, I've never understood how any business would turn money away purely based on the way someone looks 
or what religion they are, any of that stuff. I'm just like, really? I find that so odd, don't you? I mean, I don't necessarily find it odd. I just think it's how the UK are in terms of their sketchiness is that I find that the US are very open in racism. Like, if someone doesn't like you because of your race, it's likely you will know. Whereas... Do you think that? Yeah, in the US? I think you... See... Not necessarily in the I feel like it's worse here. You think it's worse here? Actually, no, probably no. Really- Actually, no, I do agree with you there because you, you have, like, if I ever... Actually, I went to one studio in the 30 years I've been going to, to, to New York and I felt so... Even though there were mostly black people there, it was just it was just such a nice vibe. There was white people and mixed people and it was all great. It was all dandy. What studio was it? Um, oh, crap, I don't remember. Oh, it was like a few years ago. It was before COVID, I don't remember. It was when, um, was I, oh, who taught me? Bentley taught me. Bentley. Bentley. Oh, I love him. Yeah. But I see, because um, I follow, do you remember um, when Jazz the Polar came to the UK and you brought her to my studio? Of course studio? I do. I so, like, and I, I follow Jazz and I see, like, at the studio she's at, mm-hmm. it's a lot, there's a lot of black polars mm-hmm. there. It looks amazing. Um, and obviously you've got Ashley Fox's studio there. She takes a lot of, of black people at her studio. Mm-hmm. And um, we just don't have that here. Um so that's why I was a bit like, oh, really? I feel like it's so much more racist here because, and you know, and, and I can admit that there was time years ago, you remember Little Britain, like you could never watch that now, but that was so normalised here. That was that, that was so normal. normalised here. Nobody actually, I kind of like almost think to myself, how did nobody call this out? Nobody that's said right. anything. This was on the news. This was on major TV networks and this was okay. And I'm just thinking, oh, yeah. okay. Oh. And that's what I mean. I feel like that's why when you said I feel like America's worse, I feel like sometimes the UK's worse because we had a period back then mm. when I was younger, when I was really being primed into uh, it, probably the prime age, I guess, where you would make someone racist or not racist, mm. right? So like someone to be influenced. Some of the younger people watching Little Britain. Mm. Oh my god! Like I, I, I didn't even know it was. I didn't know any different because I, I used to watch Catherine Tate. I used to watch Little Britain. Yeah. Some of the things now I look back at, I'm like, how did we watch that? Did you ever see that? Did you ever watch it? I did. I watched Catherine Tate when I was when I was younger. Right. But the only thing I kind of say that America's worse in terms of violence. The UK, I don't think we get as violent in uh. terms of racism. I don't think because I think it's more to do with like guns and like was it the first amendment or second amendment um and just that aspect and then you have also that you don't get taught black you only get taught black history month one month out of the year in the uk and that is that and then it's like it's curtains closed after 31st of all um october you you don't hear anything about black history month after that so you're Mm -hmm. kind of in the uk i find that you're very deprived of knowledge especially when you're going up through maybe uh, year six to year 13 or year 11, really. Mm. And then you're just, you have to find the information for yourself. And if you're not into it, then you don't find it, which is why then you have a lot of, um, say, white populated places where they don't understand like black culture or Asian culture or when someone who's black comes into their town, just like, who the fuck are you? And all this stuff. And, whatever is because nine times out of ten they probably don't have the knowledge that's that's there but then 
I always say to myself, after the age of maybe 21, actually really at a cap 18, you can, you've got your own mind to go out there into the world where there's the internet, for fuck's sake, to go and right. find the knowledge. Yeah, it's there. You've just got to be willing to find mm. it. But the problem is, is that you've got to, I, I've always said, I think with anything like homophobia, racism, all of these sorts mm. of things, I think it's got to be taught to you. And it's always taught to you by your peers. Mm. It's either taught to you by your brother, your mum, your dad. It's taught to you from a young age. It's not something that someone just grows up and thinks they're going to be one day. Mm. It doesn't work like that. And I think because I was brought up around my stepmom, who's from Jamaica, I just got used to it from a very young age. So maybe for me it was different. I don't know. But it's it's weird, isn't it? That was so funny because when you said about, oh, I think America's worse, and then I realised what you mean. But I guess I can't really speak to the US because I, I don't really know because I don't live there. But, yeah, um, I see what you mean about the violence being mm-hmm. different there. But, yeah, God, we've we've kind of really gone from a tangent on that one. <laughs> This is the problem, Dan. This is my life. But it's important, though. But but this is the thing. I feel like there's so many facets to it, so many sides to it. There was actually another thing. Um... Oh, sorry, guys. I actually just need to quickly take this. I hope that's okay. It's um, Sarah Scott trying to call me. (laughs) Hello, Sarah. Hey, yeah, I'm just doing a podcast at the moment. Is everything okay? What's up? Oh, you just wanted to tell me about your pole camp in March. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. Who's teaching? Marlo Fiskin, Ali Kamikaze and Kiana Walker. Wow, that sounds amazing. Are you teaching as well? Oh, wow, this sounds so cool. What's the hotel called? Oh, the Medigram Resort. Wow, that's going to be amazing. Are there spaces? There are spaces. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to let people know. Well, you definitely have to count me in. I'll go and tell everyone about it now. No worries, babes. I've got you. All right. Bye. Guys, news just in. There's spaces on the Thailand camp. Sarah Scott's off the pole, pole camp. Go and check it out. Go and check out OTP retreats and go to her next pole camp in March. See you there. Yeah, so, right, that was it. We were talking about what it was like to be um, black competitions. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure there was something about, um, that was it. Right, okay. Whilst we're talking about race, let's get straight into it. Because this is why I wanted to talk to you, because I I knew I couldn't, because we're friends and because I've known you for years, I knew I could talk quite comfortably to you about it. And I was intrigued to know your opinions on it. But obviously, I would never intrude on anyone who I don't know well Mm -hmm. enough to be like, hey, can I talk to you about this? But I really wanted to know because I've seen it a few times mm. now, um, and I, and I've, I've never um, I have hosted these classes before with you, yeah. my okay. resident <laughs> twerk queen, of course. But um, so twerk classes at studios. This has been a thing that I've seen come up a few. <laughs> I see that face, Shan's Shan, like, oh shit, here we go. I might get cancelled. I'm intrigued to learn. I'm intrigued to learn. I've been lucky because I think, again, it's something that I just, I just knew. I, I guess the thought of asking someone of a white origin to teach something that is definitely not from that a white background mm. at all it just seems like very common knowledge to me but i think you know i, I didn't realize that actually it mm. wasn't and even still to this day there are studios 
that teach twerk um, and are taught by white people. Um, and no one learns the history of twerk, where it came from. So no one really understands what they're doing or where it came from. What is your view? What is your view on that first? So what is your view on studios teaching twerk? What do you think the, the advice should be? I think the advice would be this is solely my opinion. I have zero problem with a white person's teaching uh, teaching twerk, sorry. However, there are stimulations attached to that. So you have things that, basic things like qualifications for twerk. I got mine, even though I've been twerking since the womb, I still got a qualification for, it's more to do with knowing what um, body movements to warm up, what, what to do in terms of your hip tilts and making sure it doesn't go too far into your upper back and making sure that like these are health and safety things that you need to know about that you can't necessarily learn off of a youtube video or attending one twerk class so that's aspect number one number two if you can like immerse yourself in the culture so prime example i will forever big up this girl is patricia the tease she by I was going to mention Patricia, actually. I didn't know whether I should because I didn't want to throw her she, in it, but I didn't know whether maybe she'd received any backlash for being white and no, teaching. To be twice. honest, there's very few people that I see in my life that could have been black in another lifetime. She is one of them. She is definitely one of them. Because <laughs> if anybody's seen um, Patricia's stories, like she was flying the flag at Notting Hill Carnival. Like things like that matter in a in a in a kind of industry, well, not necessarily industry, but in a style of dance that is predominantly black or predominantly um, Asian, because you do have Asian influences, you have Polynesian influences, you have African influences. It's not just, okay, I'm just going to do this up in the club and, and that's it. It's, there's so many, like twerk is, I always see it as an umbrella. You have different Yeah, well, that's, I think as well, people like, people forget that like you just said about people just in the club mm -hmm. shaking a bit but that isn't that that's the difference is that what they're doing is just mm -hmm. having a good time and shaking their bar mm -hmm. in the club that's not mm -hmm. twerking is it so i think when people say oh i'm gonna go and twerk in the club it's be like well it's not really twerking you're just shaking your butt <laughs> a little bit it's different like people are then advertising people are then learning that they're learning how to shake mm -hmm. their bar and they're like oh i'll teach twerk cards because i can shake mm -hmm. my bar do, do you find that like it just it seems weird I I think it's just, I, I personally get like very offended when I feel, when I see, for example, twerk, um, pole studios, sorry, just using one of their own instructors to just teach a twerk class rather than actually having the knowledge that you need behind it in order to teach a twerk class. Even though I'm black, I still feel like I've got a lot to learn within twerk. Like there's uh, there's countless other people that I know who have qualifications, but still they they can they're still black. They, it doesn't be it's not a be all of end all. Just because I'm black, you have to hire me. No, you have to have the the, the yeah. knowledge behind it. Yeah, I've seen. I won't mention names, but I had seen a few studios that have been 
I don't know, cancel is that the word? Like attacked, they're being attacked. <laughs> Whenever I say that, I always think of Lagandra as trying to go, I feel very attacked. <laughs> but um, like studios having people really going at them because they've done exactly what we just said. They've gone, oh, Lisa can shake her butt. You should teach a twerk class. Do you know what I mean? And they've gone, oh, you're going to do a twerk shop. Um, and I've seen them get attacked saying that they should be, you know, employing people who are you know black twerk artists people have been doing this and know what they're doing um so it was really intriguing when you said about they don't need to be black so you just think that personally for you you feel that they don't necessarily have to be black they just need to be aware and educated on the origins of where it come from yeah i think it's more than just being immersed in the culture like you have someone that like patricia who is forever going to Afrobeats uh, brunch and just really, um, she just, she's in the culture. Like I always say that, um, have you ever heard of White Yardie? No. There's a white Jamaican man and he's, he, he speaks Patois. So that's for those of you who don't know is um, Jamaican, uh, broken Jamaican English, essentially. Um, and it's, it's just, he's, he always says he's not Jamaican, but he's immersed in the culture because he was, He's been there more times than I have. I've been to Jamaica once. I'm more English than a lot of people realise. I don't, I don't actually go to Jamaica that much. Um, so, yeah, you just have to be... Sorry, I've really forgotten what I was saying. <laughs> See, this is why you have to keep me It's on, okay. No, we're just beat. talking about, like, why... Um why people don't... You were saying about, like, they don't need to necessarily be black. They just need to be immersed in the culture. Yeah, it, I just think it's a lot more important for people to be around the culture, understand the culture, because I think it's also to bring up a point that with strippers, for example, strippers are, a lot of them will say that obviously strippers are the reason why we do what we do, which is 100% correct. But when you hear that someone's put together a stripper workshop with, who hasn't been a stripper, who has not learnt from a stripper or has not been an ex-stripper previously, would you learn from them knowing that they're not a stripper? That is the kind of questions I ask myself when I hear about a twerk instructor, is that can they twerk? Are they immersed in the culture of twerk? Do they have their qualifications for twerk? And that goes the same for pole instructors too. If you found out that someone didn't have a qualification but yet was teaching pole, would you go there? Probably not because it's well, unsafe. It's funny actually because back in the day we did because no one had qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> so I we probably would but only because, I mean, it's like me. I, I actually, it's funny. We talk about, uh, I actually, I'm intrigued to know your opinion on this, kind of going off the subject maybe of twerk but more on qualifications. Um, mm. You know, what do you think qualifications really mean in the grand scheme of things? Like what you do, would you say mm. that if someone did a qualification, they'd be able to do what you do? Because I don't think they could. I, uh, this is so hard. You see what I mean? I know. I'm sorry. I'm making your life really hard here, but sorry. I just, I find it, I'm, and there's no right or wrong answer. This is the thing. I just, I find it such an interesting topic because back in the day, you know, people like Sally Ann Giles, Deb Riley, there mm. wasn't qualifications back then. So when I first started no. doing it, I learned with Stacey. This was back before Stacey mm. even ran Expert. Expert didn't even exist at that point. Mm. Uh, I think Expol, 
had only been going for a short period of time. Um, mm. And, you know, qualifications weren't really a massive thing back then. And then I did mine. And if I'm honest, I'm more of a practical learner. I hate the theory side of things. So I hate qualifications. <laughs> I've just never been into it. But yeah, I mean, what's your views on the whole qualification thing? Like, How essential do you think they are to telling whether someone's a good teacher or not? Uh, no, okay, that's probably the wrong way for me to, to put it. The way you said it just at the end, I was like, it doesn't necessarily make them any better or any worse. No. But I do think I it's there saying, for, yeah, for um, like insurance purposes. That's kind of the backburn, back thingy whatever but hold on but just to just to be clear by the way i'm not trying to i'm not trying to go back because i think what you were trying to say to me was you know if someone does a course for twerk at least they're being mm -hmm. able to show that they're trying to put the effort in to learn the history to do these things yeah this is if it was a white yeah. person teaching right that hadn't yeah. had any previous background they mm -hmm. they realized they really love this this culture of twerk and they love the dance style they really enjoy doing it and it just goes to show that they're going out of the way. Sorry, what I meant was more for pole dancing, actually. I was just intrigued to know because twerk, I think, probably a bit different subject, but more for pole. Like, yeah. Do you, what, do you, what do you feel the benefits were to you for doing your, your qualification? Because I didn't feel like I changed very much. Like, I felt like it maybe taught me a few teaching, like spotting techniques, but mm -hmm. it didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I learned more from watching how other people taught. I felt like that taught me more. I think it for me, I preferred I prefer having something as a qualification just to for my own personal peace of mind. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that will do like who will shadow for like six months before they go ahead and, and get a qualification of their own. But I think in the grand scheme of things, you can't just take out an insurance for sport without having some kind of qualification, I think, to back it up. Agreed. Because you can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to teach pole and then have no sort of insurance when if someone falls and hurts themselves really badly and then they come back and sue you. Lucky enough, we don't live in a place where, oh, I'm going to sue you type of, type of scenario. But it's just to essentially just cover our backs and make sure that, well, my students are in the best possible like warmed up cool down like I'm I was not very great in school especially with biology and the body and stuff like that so having things like that helped me out a lot mm. because I actually understand like how my body works a lot more through my qualifications rather than it just be okay I'm just going to learn on the fly which is fine for other people and that's maybe what works for them but for me it it worked out that I prefer it yeah i just i feel i've noticed that more so nowadays than ever there's more people who do poll and then maybe they're a pt mm -hmm. and they're like oh i'm gonna go and do a poll course actually so i can teach poll it's so different yeah. isn't it you just can't do that it's not like you know like with the les mills programs where you can just go and learn body pump and you'd be like oh i'm gonna learn body car uh, body what did you say? Body pump. Body pump. Um, and I'm just going to teach body pump um, next month. So body pump mm. class is coming soon. It's so different because you're learning an art. It's such a. Mm. There's so much more to it. It's like it's like all of a sudden me being like, oh, I'm going to go and do a gymnastics course to be a coach, and I'll be a gymnastic. No. I, I don't know anything about gymnastics really. Do you know what I mean? I know how to do a fucking cartwheel, and I can barely do that. Some days. Do you know what I mean? 
so yeah I, i've always found the qualification thing really interesting because yeah I, I have it and for anyone listening by the way it's actually really important that you know that if you do ever want to be an instructor you do have to do your courses because if you don't and someone does decide to sue you even though that's not much of a thing here if mm. someone did hurt themselves and try to sue you and you didn't have any qualifications, oh, you would not be insured at all. There's just no way. If you've got nothing mm. at all, there's just no way you'd be insured. So definitely go and get your insurance, everyone. <laughs> um, and one thing I'm actually going to ask you, because I tried asking um, at, um, uh, Stevie and Athena about this, but they literally mm -hmm. had zero opinions on it. So actually, I'd love to ask someone who is a black woman living in the UK what your opinion on it is. What's your opinion on the Harry and Meghan thing? I love it, them. I, I'm fully supportive of them. <laughs> I, I was... This is what, funny enough, me and my boyfriend were talking about this yesterday. And I was, we were pretty much in agreement about this. So Meghan and Markle. just to mention quickly, your boyfriend's white, isn't he? My boyfriend he's is white. white. He, well, he's, he's sick of the both of them. He, do, he doesn't like the two of them. <laughs> Me, I, I just don't like this Meghan, she's crying wolf scenario because she used the fact that she is, she is very light skinned to, for her to get jobs. And she claimed that she was white. And then all of a sudden she comes over here and then she's claiming that everyone's racist. So I'm a bit like kind of make it, make it make sense kind of scenario where you're using your, the fact that you're very, very light skinned to your advantage. But the moment that someone actually brings up that you're black is, is now the problem. So like for me, I, I find it very hard to get by when like it's been very, like very much a hypocrite. So yeah, oh, that's really interesting. Like, so, um, and tell me, like, do you, um, like, I do, what, what do you think, like, other people of colour think of the Harry and Meghan situation? Because actually, I, I, have, I was a bit shocked by that, because I thought you were going to be like, oh, I'm in full support of her. But um, <laughs> and I know you're not saying you're not, by the way, but yeah, I was just no. intrigued to hear a different perspective of it. I just, um, I also think that we on social media and TV, we hear so many different bits and snippets. Mm. And it's all been taken out of proportion. Have you watched the documentary about it on Netflix by any chance? Funny enough, I have not. So yeah. I've been... I recommend it for sure. It I need to watch it. Opener. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, it was. I, 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 again, I don't know that I can really say how... Like I do, I just support them, of course. I, I love mm. Harry. I've always loved Harry anyway. I knew he was going to be the rebel of the two. I think even from a young age, people knew mm. he was going to be the, the rebel of them both. Um, <laughs> and, and I really like that. Uh, I really like her. I mean, but mm. it sounds so stupid, but I really like her because I thought she was so great in Suits. And when I saw that they were dating, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I loved her in Suits. So obviously, I don't know her. I know the girl from Suits. That's who I know. Mm. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm in full support. I think they've probably been through a hell of a lot more than they're able to say. I bet there's so much stuff mm -hmm. they're not able to say. And I think, um, you know, they just want to fucking live their lives, leave them the fuck alone. And actually, when you watch that documentary, it really opens mm -hmm. your eyes to what they actually have, have been put through. And yes, mm -hmm. I, no, I do. I do understand what you're saying. I, I didn't even think about that. And I guess maybe 
if I were black, I probably would be a bit like, hmm, why are you using this all of a sudden? As uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's it just to your advantage enough. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. But then I also hear through my good old friend TikTok um, that. <laughs> you have tiktok that says that apparently um who is it now harry was basically boasting that he killed all these people when he was in serving in the army so i hear i don't know i'm, I'm not, not going to take tiktok off, i've heard off about this word so but, this was this was an uh, a section taken out of his book, and it, and again, this yeah. is the whole thing of like we've not read the whole chapter about it, mm. but ba- I I didn't I didn't hear that he but so I saw God this is like I heard, um, <laughs> but I saw oh. it was a tweet it was a tweet of someone from Afghanistan or something, and mm. they were saying you know those twenty five people you killed they all had families they all wanted yeah. to go home, yeah. um, and. And that made me really sad because I was like, you don't even think of it like that, do you? Mm. You you just think, because we're taught that this is the enemy, that, you know, but you don't think of it as actually they've all got families to go mm. to and they, you know, they they want to live a life too. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and it made me really sad when I read that because I was like, God, oh, I've never thought of it like that. Um, but I don't, I don't know that he was boasting. I think it was that he was saying that he'd killed 25 people. But mm. I just find it odd that you would – because. Actually, I saw again on TikTok. God, this is so bad, isn't it? We should not, by the way, I don't recommend don't to anyone to TikTok's learn stuff off TikTok. Yeah, don't do Blast it. It's not good. Me. But like, it was a clip of people talking on a TV show about it. And they were saying, and they were in the army, they're in the forces. And mm. they basically said that in the forces, it's a very unspoken thing. You don't ever say, yeah. oh, I killed this many people. It's a very much, we did this as yeah. a, as a, an army I can't think of the word as as a as a team we achieved this mm-hmm. because of this rather than oh how many people did you kill kind of thing and I mm-hmm. I listened to that and I was like oh I, I didn't realize that, that was the etiquette within the forces but actually that sounds like a much better way to do it because obviously mm-hmm. it's a lot more respectful so yeah they were very shocked that he had mentioned how many people he'd killed because it's such an mm-hmm. unsensitive thing to discuss but mm-hmm. it's it's so di- but this is what I mean and and because of social media we're fed so many different things we're mm-hmm. fed like this thing say oh he did this and then well actually no this wasn't true and then you learn that some things were never true and actually yes it did go viral on tiktok or yes it did go mm-hmm. viral but it doesn't mean it's true and and this is a actually a closing subject i want to talk to you about because i love asking people about this but <laughs> What's your views on social media? Because I feel like, I mean, this is a perfect example. Like, so we've made judgments on Harry based on TikTok. Isn't that so sad? Like, what don't you think it's turned into such a toxic place? No, well, see, like, I still love Harry. He will always be the first ginger boy that I I've had a crush on for for years. Um, I can't blame Megan at all. Like, who wouldn't want to fuck Prince Harry? Let's be honest, right? <laughs> Come on, like, he is hot as fuck. He's like, the I reason just... why I've got my streak. You've seen all my ex-boyfriends. There is a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, even in the documentary, it sounds so bad. I shouldn't say this because it's a serious documentary. But like, even when he looks at Megan, he's like looking at it. You can tell he loves her. Mm. I'm just like, oh, I wish you'd look at me like that. <laughs> 
he is hot as fuck. Of course he, he is. is. And he always was the hotter of the brothers. There was a point where actually William was probably a little bit hotter and they lost But then he still had the bowl and, and then it was, it was yeah. kind of close. They lost, he had such nice hair as well and mm. they lost it and he just lost his looks a little bit. But yeah. Harry's always had that bit of a like... Even with his spinning, it still was still working for him right now. Yeah. Still all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not thinning loads, but like, it's still, yeah, it's just, it's, getting there. it's a vibe, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you know how, like, some guys just have a vibe, like an aura <laughs> around them. You know, when you even get like some, like Danny Dyer, for example, do you think Danny Dyer is sexy? Like, if hard. you look at him, he's not sexy, but there's something about him. Yeah. It's that aura that he gives. He's just like a bit of a, like Jack the Lad, and you're like, oh, throw me in bed, Daddy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, oh, God, where were we? <laughs> oh, I've got an all hot and flustered. I don't know where we are. Yeah, what's your what's your views on the the Instagram cancel culture, the toxicity of social media? What's your views on it? I've taken on a very good approach that's helped me sift through social media. If I don't like something, I scroll. I don't need to leave a comment on it. I don't need to share it and say oh I hate this if I have an opinion something it's likely that I will go back to the whatsapp groups and be like guys look at this and we'll have a discussion about it it doesn't need to be aired back on the same thing and I just think sometimes it can be a great place and sometimes it can be just a not nice place and I always make jokes about this but exactly what you just said when did we stop bitching behind each other's backs rather than <laughs> doing it in their comments? Go to your group chat and bitch about it there like a normal fucking person. Right. No. Like if someone just saying stupid, like I've seen posts where people have posted something and I've just thought, what the fuck are they talking about? Or they're crazy. What are they doing? I wouldn't, I, I nowadays like, I wouldn't comment and go crazy at them. Mm. Um, actually, there was a time uh, there um and i've talked about this on the podcast before so i can say it openly but i zariah posted something that was a bit mm, bit transphobic let's say she did take it down mm. but she posted something that's transphobic and i didn't go on and just attack her i just said mm. listen i was like zariah maybe you should take this down because it's, mm. it's not making you look good and i know you probably didn't intend for it to look like that mm. and um and i then messaged her just to be like hey i just wanted to reach out because I, I just i don't want people to think of you this way mm. and um you know, that's the only time that maybe I would is if it's someone maybe that I like and I don't want them to be perceived in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, you know, but I would never like I have done. And, uh, you, you know, I've spoken to you about it before. I've, I've done hate campaigns before. It never works well. And yeah. I, God, years ago now, <laughs> I can't remember how long that must have been over six years ago. <laughs> and I used to just be like, so like, if I didn't agree with something, I'd post it everywhere and be like, oh, look at this, this is wrong. Damn versus the world. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, I've just realised it's just not worth it. It's not worth it because you're never going to get 100% of people support you. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it, there are people posting racism on social media and there's mm -hmm. people supporting them. You know, there's always going to be someone who is going to join that that negativity mm -hmm. so whether you know something is super wrong or not like you know when you mentioned earlier on about the george floyd thing well mm -hmm. you remember all the posts about it and how many people tried to defend the police after that isn't that just crazy to think this i mean i i rolled and that's what i i was very <laughs> very 
happy to say that, you know, I'm proud to be black. I like all the good stuff. And my hair is now completely natural since George Floyd, because you, I don't know. I feel like I went for a life change when that happened. It's just, yeah. I think in the society that I've been in, like my mum's had relaxed hair. For those of you who do not know what relaxed hair is, it's when you basically put a chemical on very, very curly, 4B, 4C, maybe even 4A hair, and it becomes basically very dead straight, similar to white hair. So that's what it's like my... chemically straightened, isn't chemically it? It's like straightened. using it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what she's done her whole life. And so I never had... I went through relaxers. I went through braids. I've gone through weaves. I've gone through wigs. I've gone through the works... Whereas I feel like I haven't never... done one wig though. There's one <laughs> I haven't done. Dan's trying to get me to have a pussy cat wig like Monet Exchange. <laughs> I just want you to live your Monet Exchange moment. Why is that such a crime? Actually, have you sidetrack? Have you seen the meme that's going around? And it's the what's the song? Um, oh, I don't. And she's like has her wig on, and she takes it off, and it's the exact same wig. <laughs> I, I need you, to, need, you need to send me that because I'm just obsessed oh. with my exchange anyways and I just love her pussycat wigs so I just think so whenever you talk to me about wigs I'm like well you haven't worn all the wigs have you and you're like Dan I'm not gonna wear a pussycat wig I think my locks but, um, are too long now for it to, for it to fit underneath but they'll be all bumpy and gross <laughs> It, it, it is good to see that things have changed mm. and I, I still think they've got a long way to go. Um, oh, and I, I, as someone who feels like I really try my best to do the work and to learn as and I'm always trying to listen and um, I still learn so much all the time. Like sometimes people post up and I'll be like, God, I didn't know that mm. you know, little things like sometimes there were things that even my stepmom will sometimes say to me mm. and I'll be like, you've never told me that before. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I feel like it's a constant learning process. Um, have you seen Till, by the way? No. Have you, oh, so actually, this is um, this is another movie that's just come out recently that's about very much focused on, um, it's like back in the day about racism back in the day and um, about, I think it was a kid that got killed and the mum it was based on a true story and stuff. And I want to go, I'm going to see that this weekend. I'm really excited. Um, but that's why I asked it. Cause I was like, Oh, talking of this sort of subject, actually, have you seen it? But, and I think I'm going to learn so much from that as well, because there's so much in the history. So really, I mean, for anyone listening to this, go, go and learn and like follow, follow as well. More back pole answers. Like I'm always sort of like, um, watching the pages of all the black people that I follow because whenever they post any educational stuff I feel like it's really fun to learn not even just because I feel like I have to it's more just because I actually find it really interesting to learn it's nice to learn about so I encourage anyone who has learned anything from today at all to go and do some more go and go and learn more so tell me now Shan before we like wrap up and finish off who are give me a few names of people that you think people should go and follow um that are not only educating people but also are just fucking amazing okay twerk twerkology nation for starters uh patricia uh patricia sorry the tears beanie the jet can't believe only it's only taken me till now to pick her up put her out there uh alabama whirly for those of us i know that she's happy for me to call her fat but I feel very 
not there yet. What's her name? Alabama. What's her, name again? her real name. I don't know if I can say her real name on. I don't know if we can shout her out that. But her um, Instagram is Alabama Worley. Worley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's her. Oh, I've got so many other people. There's um, Dalton. And if you're if you are not following Dalton, I don't know what you're what you're doing because he is amazing. I love Dalton. I love to. Does uh, Dalton use he him pronouns? By the way, that is a good question. I don't know. I think so. We will go to our good friend Instagram to check. Yeah, I, I literally just thought that. I didn't want to say he's amazing because I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, other people that I, I mean, I recommend. I mean, if you want to talk about, um, like, if you want to see some amazing black talent you've got to check out um bentley rebel which obviously mm-hmm. we mentioned already anakia mm-hmm. jazzy the po- oh, not jazz i always say jazzy the polar jazz the polar jazz the polar carmine um, carmine black yeah um there's so many there's so many good like black pole dancers mm-hmm. you know phoenix casry phoenix casry's been around for years right she's still phoenix the, actually she's was still one of the, the first black pole dancers i ever knew about <laughs> Yeah, well, because she was one of the, like the first big big names mm-hmm. um, that was a black pole dancer for me that I I learned about, mm-hmm. and that's when it kind of all went off from there. But yeah, I mean, just like you said, um, it doesn't take you long if you throw a stone, you're going to land on some amazing black polers. Trust me, just keep looking, you'll find them. <laughs> so go and do it. Follow go and do me. it now. I was going to say, go and follow McShannington Ratchet. Um, I will be putting her Instagram handle in the bottom of this podcast. So go and check out the description. It will be there. But Shan, thanks for coming on. I love talking to you because I feel so comfortable talking to you about subjects like this because I know you. And I know I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to anyone else about this. I'd be too worried about maybe saying the wrong thing. But I always feel comfortable talking to you. And I've learned so much. And I hope anyone else listening to this has also learned so much. So please do go and follow Shan if you haven't done it already go and do it now how dare you and um yeah shan thank you so much oh you're welcome (laughs) let's do it again soon yeah yes yes and i'll see you at the studio sometime soon as well bye then bye Bye. Bye. (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this podcast really hope you enjoyed it and remember i'm always trying to find new guests so if you have someone that you want to hear from you want to hear their story send me a message. I'm ready and waiting for your message. I want to learn who you want to know and who you want to get to know on this podcast. So send me a DM on Instagram and hopefully we'll get them on the podcast. See you next time. If you're not getting any and you want some tea, then come and join Dan up on the week.